I'm JJ. Welcome or welcome back to the Art of Value Investing. This is episode 17 and it's the 1st of July where I am, 2021, just to time stamp this show. So in today's show, I am going to tackle the US cannabis sector. I'm not going to talk about, I'm, I mean, I'll mention individual stocks, but I'm not going to go into great detail. I just want to talk about the sector in general. It's become my largest, the, my largest positions. So just a, the usual disclaimers here. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not giving any kind of financial advice. Just talking to myself as much as to you and just work, work through my own investment ideas and thoughts. So do your own research. Don't buy anything based on what I say, even though I'll talk about individual stocks. So I'm not spending much time editing this either. As if you're a regular listener, you'll know that. It'll be a bit rough at times. It's as good as live. That's because I want to spend more time on research and analysis rather than making podcast content, but I do want to do this as well. Okay, I'm on Twitter at The Art of Value if you want to contact me as well. Let's get on with it then. So where to start with this? I guess... I mean, I got interested in this, I guess it was back last year, maybe October. I mean, it was leading up to the election, the US election. I mean, I was aware of the stocks in the sector before that, especially, I mean, Canadian stocks had been through a bubble and bust cannabis sector when, you know, it went fully illegal in Canada. Um, When was that? 2017, was it? 2018, I can't remember now. But there was a bubble and bust. And, you know, I could see a lot of people, I mean, I was aware of the stocks, I looked at them and I saw that was a big bust. And then I became aware of, the, of US companies, that there were US companies trading, and they, but they were on the uh, over-the-counter market, the pink sheets, and which I am able to trade in through, through, uh, through one of my brokers. And... Uh, and I, I found out that they, they're on that. They're actually quite, some of them are pretty big companies. the multi-billion dollar companies. But they're not able to trade on NASDAQ or the New York Stock Exchange yet. And I'll get back to that. Uh, just through, through federal laws. Just, I mean, it's a, it's a very difficult but interesting situation that the sector's in. Which makes it one, I believe, one of the, I think... <laughs> A generational opportunity in terms of investment and and socially as well. Uh, it's just because we have this situation where, for the most part, institutional investors aren't invested through I understand through through various policies like internal policies. They're just not allowed to invest in the over-the-counter market, the OTC market at all. They don't do that. It's seen as too much of a risk. I mean, most of the stocks there, penny stocks. So the policy is not to do that. That's one. And then the federal laws are still not um, in line with what they can invest in. I mean, you know, the situation is that they're with cannabis, they're various states. It's legal in, in, in an increasing number of states. First medical and now adult use slash recreational in an increasing number of states. I'm not going to go through them. 
Um, so it's a com- this is a complicated situation. So we have this this weird situation where it's 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 in, it's legal, but it's not federally legal yet. And when Trump was in, it was not on their agenda. At the moment, we have the, the President Biden's. I understand is is not not keen at all. But Camilla Harris, during her campaign, was supportive of changing the laws. And there's a big social equity component here. Uh, you know, the situation is that there are a lot of a huge huge percentage of people of colour in jail through marijuana possession over the years. And uh, so if laws change, those people could get set free, which would be a, you know a, a really good thing because we have the situation where you you can buy you can now walk into in many states. Stores that are uh, that are look like Apple stores and buy cannabis, and we have people locked up for it who sometimes have just had a few a couple of joints or whatever. I mean, it's just becoming a ridiculous situation. That's that's bound to change because um, it's just you know at the federal level. I I don't know when that'll be. Um, when the Democrats won the election, or when Biden got into power. There was obviously a there was a big spike in the sector, and I mean I started to be invested around that time. I got interested as well because I could see the path opening. Things are changing. Chuck Schumer, who's the um, majority Senate leader, is that correct? I'm not American, so these politics are. I'm not so familiar with everything there, but I'm I've been learning and researching over time. But Chuck Schumer's fully in support, and there's a bill going. There'll be various legislation over time, I think. So it's sort of incremental. I I don't know when it'll happen, but what I do know is that I think over the long term, we're talk. I'm talking five years. Things will change, and I think these companies that exist, and that there are a lot of them. It's a it's quite a big fragmented sector, which makes it complicated as well. Uh, but they're growing and they're doing very well and there's not a lot of media about it because it's, you don't see it on CNBC. When they talk about cannabis sector, they put up the tickers of Canadian companies and a lot of retail investors, when there's news about the, the US sector, tend to buy the US ones. I don't think you can buy them on Robinhood. Uh, you can, I think you can buy an ETF like MSOS which stands for multi-state operator, multi-state operators. Uh, that's the U.S. stock. So there's an ETF that covers it, and uh, they don't have the stock buy the stocks directly. It's a they've, they've had a workaround. You could look into that. And the guy that runs that wrote a, wrote a good book, which I read, which I can't remember the name of right now, um, but you can look look him up. And there's a website for the for the. Um, for that ETF, and yeah, that book was good because it was. I'll find. I'll find the name of the book. Hold on. It's by Dan Ahrens. It's called Investing in Cannabis: The Next Great Investment Opportunity. And in this book, he talks about how uh, he, you know, he gives a comparison to when to pro alcohol prohibition back a century ago. And how 
you know, that's developed over it. You think about people were still taking it. It was un, uh, drinking. It was an underground market. And uh, when Prohibition came along, companies were formed and it developed into, I mean, look at the industry today. It's it's a massive industry. So it is, I see it as being similar to that. It's a, a sort of a once in a century kind of thing and it's definitely a generational opportunity in terms of of all of the things that will change and are changing. It's happening already in various countries. The United States is the biggest market, is what I've found out, is that, I mean, Canada Canada was, is, is I think California alone is bigger than the Canadian market. And so we're talking about a $100 billion a year market at the moment. I think it's 15% is legal. It's thought to be 50, about 15%. So if we could say that it's at least a $100 billion market, and that includes medical adult use and and if we say that that the, the people say oh you know there'll be a bigger legal market still for ages and ages it won't, won't go away and even if that's true maybe over time incrementally if it goes up to say 80 85 percent I mean it's still a massive market and America's the biggest and California's the biggest within America and so and then the big the most populous states, New York, has just legalized uh, not long ago, weeks ago. And so that's going to come online. And so it's sort of incrementally happening like this. And there are already companies that are growing and profitable, but trading on the OTC market. So what I see, I see the opportunity here of what I've seen, and the more I research it, the more I I uh, I like it because it's just one of those weird situations where institutional investors aren't there, and when they when they come in, and that'll be when they say when safe bank when the safe banking act, a safe banking act, whatever form it's in, comes in where these companies are allowed to to bank with the big banks, they're allowed to. Um, have to borrow money and not at the moment they have to deal with cash and that's dangerous I mean can you imagine some of these dispensaries turn over millions of dollars uh, and it's just dangerous um, so it's got to change and from the social equity point of view I think the Democrats will eventually will It'll eventually happen, and even the Republicans. Have, I think there are an increasing number of Republicans who, are, who think that you know the war on drugs. Everybody, most people think that it needs to change. It just hasn't worked. You need to try a different way. And this has been multiple countries, and I think it'll happen in many countries. It is happening, but um, people do follow the U.S.'s lead. And so that's where I think we're at. And so I have looked into the sector and what's happening. And, you know, we have, right now we have what's called the big five, the big five companies, the big five MSOs, which are Curaleaf, Trueleaf, Cresco Labs, Green Thumb, Verano. So they're the sort of biggest five. Verano's just become public recently. And... You know, from November, they did take a big spike. People got very 
enthusiastic and some of these I think it got overboard, you know, it did. I mean they were they were trading at reasonably high multiples. Um not as high as your your E V sector for instance or some of the emerging tech. But it's sort of in tandem with that and then so the the drop off in, in emerging growth stocks, they were hit by that. So at the moment they've come off like thirty to forty percent in some cases. And so that's so that's kind of where we're at at the moment. But these companies are the fundamentals are kind of getting better and better, and these are not small companies anymore. And so by the time safe banking comes along, or if the federal federal law is passed to make it federally legal everywhere, um, I think these companies will be pretty could be pretty big already. But then, and I think what will happen, and it's said by various people in the sector talking about the wall of money coming in from institutional investors, you know, the big funds. I mean, there's talk behind closed doors from through the grapevine that people, that investors, these investors, some of these investors are pretty keen to invest in the sector. They just can't because they can see this opportunity. And um, so I think it will happen, but, you know, it's complicated by the fact that at the moment, because it's state by state, we're not allowed to cross borders. The product itself is not allowed to cross borders. But you'd have to think one day that that that, that will change, that it will be like any, in like say like alcohol or, or tobacco or anything like that, where you know it's allowed to cross borders. And at the moment, we have, there's this strange situation where so they have the the multi-state operators. If you're in a state, you have to be vertically integrated, meaning that you have to grow in the state. You have to sell in the state and it can't go out of the state. And that's that's um that's a strange situation that I think will eventually change. I can't can't see that not changing over time. I just don't know when. Because you can you imagine like um some of these places are cold, like where are the best places to actually grow? You can grow you can grow it inside, sure, but you'd have to think that over time the best places to grow it would be the place places that people want to buy it from. I understand that through in the illegal market, say for instance, you know, I've heard I mean I'm not in the US but I've heard like in like on the illegal market, people want cannabis from California. And there's that Justin Bieber song, uh that's peaches. About uh get my peaches from Georgia, I get my weed from California. Kind of says it all. Uh, and so I've take, taken all this into account when um, when buying and when I started buying some of the, the big the big five did seem expensive to me and as I said I'm kind of almost 30% in the sector now this is how much I think of an opportunity it is it's, and I, I I would usually go for like a 10% allocation in one company it's the way that I kind of work as as the top, but I, I've got more than three companies, and I'm taking a basket approach because it's a it's a new sector. There'll be a lot of M and A going along, a lot of consolidation. I think as time goes by, as as laws change, as I said, if if vertical integration changes, that will change things quite a lot. So it's hard to tell. I mean, this is going to be an Amazon. And how will it work? Will it be like wine, where 
you know, there are different labels and people look for their favorite brands. I think branding will be important. I mean, you look, you know, you can look at, um, there's a brand called Cookies that uh, has distinctive kind of light blue shops, dispensaries. And when they open a new one, it seems to be like a lot of people lined up around the block and uh, there's distinctive design and packaging. So, I mean, brands will emerge over time. If you think about, you know, the big alcohol brands, what it'd be like tobacco where there's only a few brands and they're huge companies. See, at the moment, these those like tobacco and alcohol companies aren't really in the sector they have in the in the in Canada that's happening that's sort of happened and it's it's inevitable. But we have this we have the situation at the moment where it's an opportunity because for like retail and small investors because it's well it's only retail which make which does make it but it has made it volatile. Like I think when people bought around November. December, January uh, to February, it was retail investors, and so and then it's gone down, and people have been scared scared off by it, or gone into crypto or whatever, and so having institutional money in there should make it more stable over time. But um, I, mean, I just think this this it's going to be a ten x sector from here. Um, I kind of can't see how it won't be over time, but it's not going to be. All at once, but so you know the numbers some of these companies are putting up are pretty incredible, and it's sort of under still under the radar for the most part. I mean, I I have Chris out of those big five, I've quit some um, decent holding in Cresco Labs and small in Trueleaf, and I haven't bought the other ones because they they seemed a bit expensive to me. And I'm being a value investor. I want growth and value. I haven't looked at Verano, but I understand that's, I've just heard a podcast before and people were going, they were going through it and that sounds quite good too, but anyway, and some of the, so the other ones that I have, those are the two, but the, the two biggest that I have, in actual fact, are Air Wellness, which used to be called Air Strategies, and uh, another one that I talked about and misnamed Glasshouse Group. And there's a link between these because, um, well, just let me find the information. Okay, I found it. So Air, Air Wellness, the CEO and found, one of the founders there, the founder, John Sandelman, um, I've heard a lot of podcasts and read a lot and I think what they're doing, they really have it together. He's got a lot of investment experience and they can execute well. I had a, a stake in a small small company, Liberty Health Sciences in Florida, which Air Strategies bought out. And it was a good company, but it wasn't well managed. And they've taken it out and they've taken it over. They bought it for fairly cheap. And so my shares of that went into Air Wellness, which has made the stake quite big for me. But that's fine because I like what they're doing and I think they'll do a good job. And but they are also that Air Wellness Air Strategies came public through a SPAC. It was an early SPAC through their vehicle Mercer Park. And 
Mercer Park's also involved in another company that's about to despack Glasshouse Group. And so John Sandman's part of that as well. And I like them both. And they're, they're t- so these are two of my biggest holdings. And I, I, I think what could happen later, I, I don't know, who knows, but they could join up. I don't see why. Because uh, Air Wellness doesn't have a holding in California, the biggest market. And I could see that they could work together, or they will work together, I'm sure, and maybe could merge one day. I don't know, but I've, I like them both. And uh, Glasshouse Group's very interesting because it has uh, grows in California, the best place to grow. It's around Santa Barbara. You know, if you think of where the wine is grown in the United States, where where all the best things like that are grown, avocados, um, they have they have bought this massive glass house that they are going to bring online, I think, next year, and they have also dispensaries and they will sell. And I think it's got a big future. And the guy that runs it, Graham Farrar, founder of it, who has a history, he was one of the first involved in Sonos. He's had, uh, you know, multiple, multiple successes. And he's very, he seems to be very good. And uh, I do have a lot of respect for what they're doing there. And so those are the two. It's, it's actually, they're going to despack on the, I think it's the 5th of July. But it's sort of gone up 20% in the last week when sort of as, as that's going to happen. So we'll see what happens. But I like what they're doing. And they seem very on Twitter and they're developing brands. And Air Wellness is, seems to be very well run. I like what they're doing. And so they're, they're the two that I have a lot of conviction in. And uh, another one that I have is ROV Capital, which is kind of more of a venture capital. I, I won't talk about these in detail. It's sort of like um, it's a VC firm that has going to make investments in the U.S. market that came from the, one of the big Canadian companies, an offshoot. And also Crisco Labs, I've said that in Truly. So they're my they're my holdings, and also one a small holding in STEM, uh, driven driven by STEM. It's called, which is more about delivery. So it's sort of a delivery company, and they've bought. I think it was it's undervalued, and we'll see what happens there. But that's just small. So as time goes by, I kind of have more and more conviction, and there's more find more and more interesting things, which is unusual because it's usually I look at things and it's like, oh no. No, it's easy to dismiss, but this sector is just, as I said, I think the whole sector is kind of like 10x over the next 10 years. And it's just one of the kind of one of these generational opportunities that is that is happening based on social change, legal change. And, uh, you know, it's kind of, you know, one of these mega trends, you know, like if you think about climate tech and uh, EVs and um, solar, and I think this is kind of another area that is that's kind of like that. So I'm kind of excited about about uh, about that. And as I said, it's thirty percent, which was hard to live. It's been hard to live through for the last couple of months because it's gone down um, thirty to forty percent, which I'm not in the red from it. 
just hasn't really it's gone down it was up a lot but it's it's i've just accepted it's going to be volatile we may even get i believe possibly a bubble at some point a bubble and bust just like canada had when it eventually does federally go legal but the being federally legal kind of doesn't matter because of the states uh are doing it anyway it just matters for the from the institutional investment point of view really and cross the cross-border thing so you know investment is about is kind of about project, projecting the future and the odds of things happening and this could go a lot of different ways but i think the general trend is to, to more acceptance and growth and you know it could go different ways in terms of how it happens will it keep being vertically vertically integrated and not not cross border i mean there's there's talk there's been talk of the the the, the not not trading across borders is unconstitutional some legal experts have said that so there may be legal challenges to that this week the mo one of the most conservative uh supreme court justices clarence thomas came out and said that uh that it's um that the laws at the moment are not sustainable let me find what he said hold on here it is so clarence thomas one of the supreme court's most conservative justices said on monday this is this monday that because of the hodgepodge of federal policies on marijuana federal laws against its use or cultivation may may no longer make sense a prohibition or on interstate use or cultivation of marijuana may long, may no longer be necessary or proper to support the federal government's piecemeal approach so you know this is one of the most conservative uh judges and so we may have even if if the federal if the federal if the feds don't act if if biden administration doesn't act it just may become it may go through end up going through the courts but um i do think it's going to change and the thing is when it does change it will be all on i think i think the mul- the multiples will kind of expand money will come more money will come in and i don't think it will be ever as cheap as it is now that's just what i think it's not financial advice and it, you know it's, it needs to happen like draw on, the war on drugs didn't work and we need to take a different approach or the US does need to take a different approach and it's just peace is as the justice said it's a piecemeal approach but there are and this is combined with a sector that's that's fragmented with there are there are tens of companies and some of them are small and you you know the research you can do on this is kind of endless but those big five are getting pretty big you know we have we have multi billion dollar companies trading on the on the in the pink sheets and that's not going to last forever and i mean it's still a relatively small sector can you imagine and some of the institutional money in the billions comes in that always change things fairly instantly when some big investments are placed in that sector i think i know that bill miller i think he 
as far he was able to put a hundred hundred million dollars worth in uh, green thumb earlier on in the year I think and there's another investor who has a specialises Jason Wild who's invested in uh, some of the companies alongside RIV Capital is one of them and I don't know what else at the moment can't remember but he's he's been in this sector quite a while came from pharmaceuticals uh, investing and he has a fund that's doing well and he's I think he's something like 25% a year over the last 20 years and he's sort of he's also in management Terrasend and Terrasend anyway I think that's probably about all I want to say for today at first it's just the first I haven't been very articulate but articulate about it but those are my thoughts on it at the moment and I'll come back to it in different ways over time as it plays out but I think right now is kind of a pivotal time we have we had a a rush on it earlier in the year say from November to February or so and then there was, there's been a big slide along with other emerging growth stocks of 30 to 40 percent and so it was it was overbought and now I think it's undervalued in many cases and I think when things are legally with legislation coming up in the house when safe banking passes oh that's the other one the other thing that I think I didn't mention is that when these companies will be able to eventually uplist to the NASDAQ or the uh, NYSE I think that's the point when when uh, a lot of the other investment will come in and the multiples will expand but I think it will continue to be volatile for me it's like this is like a 10-year thing and uh, I don't see many other opportunities like this around the US market in particular at the moment like I've been looking outside of the US because I think the US market is expensive and so this is one of but this sector is one that is uh, provides an opportunity like I have rarely seen before and I uh, just think it's going to be quite incredible what happens here but we'll see and uh, we'll I'll come back to this maybe by on a company by company basis as things come through that the glass house uh, despack will be interesting and we'll see what happens over the next few years months years and I'll be looking forward to it okay see you next time Thank you.